So um, when are we going to look forward for the award in the Grammys? Yeah. Sharon, yes, awesome. Give a big hand to her and to the worship team. Yes, awesome, awesome. Uh, so I was working out at the Y uh, this week. And when you're working out, uh, uh, there's conversation that happens everywhere. Um, and so this, uh, uh, these two women, I was working out nearby, we were in the group, and uh, our young trainer, he has a lot of song in his playlist, all kinds of song in the playlist, right? There's uh, rock, heavy metal, rap, and soul. So we play out. So we were working out, and this happens to be one of uh, Britney's song, okay? Britney Spears' song, and we're working out one, and they started saying, oh, by the way, Britney is uh, dating a younger guy, right? He, she has a younger boyfriend. That sparked a conversation, and the women said, we should date younger men, you know? <laughs> and I'm just thinking, okay. Oh, and then it went to Japan, because in Japan, uh, women rent a boyfriend, who will treat them well and take them out on a movie and a dinner. And one of the women looked to the younger trainer, young trainer, and said, hey, this should be your calling. You should just take out women and date them. And he said, no, I don't want to be stabbed. You know, I'm like, what? So one of these, uh, the story in Japan, this uh, women, this one woman, she likes the rented boyfriend so much and went crazy over him. And the guy wasn't that crazy. So uh, she stabbed him, you know? She didn't have that feeling. So I don't want to be stabbed. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. <clears throat> so I'm working out, we're working out. I'm thinking, they don't know I'm a pastor, right? And I'm saying, okay, what do I say? What am I going to say here, right? Uh, I wanted to say, hey, there's somebody that died for you. You don't have to do this. Uh, because uh, everyone wants to be loved. They just want to be cared for. See? As they are talking about these things, I can get the feeling that they want some attention from some people. They want somebody to tell them that we care for you, that people are lonely, and they want to be loved. And as I, because I've been preparing this uh, series on... Um, experience Jesus in your everyday life? How, how do we experience Jesus in our everyday life? And why should we experience Jesus in our everyday life? Because if we say, Jesus is everything, right? If we say, Jesus is everything, then what should we do to experience Jesus in our everyday life? And why is that important? And I've been, I, I started thinking about this. And uh, um, We've been praying for one of our members uh, who went to the hospital for a test and there's something in the lungs and we were praying that it may not be, you know, that it's not cancer. Um, but he got the result and there is a spot in the lung and it's, it's positive. It has cancer. So I came in and said, hey, how are you doing? And he said to me, emotionally, I'm fine. Right? Emotionally, I'm fine. Now, when our body is failing, when our mind is failing, when everything outward is failing, 
What is it that will make our soul and spirit well? When, how would somebody say that when your body and mind is failing, when you have been diagnosed with, oh, you, you're having cancer, how can you say it is well with my soul? You can say that only when you experience Jesus in your everyday life. Okay? Right? So my son came home and said, uh, hey, Dad, did you know this? Uh, somebody uh, took his own life, uh, took her or his own life at Wilcox. And, and I was driving. I'm right here on Benton as I came out from the school. And my heart sank. And it grieved my spirit for, I don't know. It, I had this pain. It's like my heart is squeezed. And I found out that uh, it's close to one of our church members, the, the, the one who took the life. Not only one, two of them within two weeks. Then, what are we going to do for these people that are experiencing loneliness and loss? And they took their life because somebody had bullied them. Then for our young people, for older people that are here, what are we going to do for the friends that are being ignored, lonely, bullied? You know, if we experience Christ in our life every day, then we can... We can give love to them. We can show them that they care. Right? So you say, nobody cares anymore. I don't care anymore in my life. All these bad stuffs are happening everywhere, and I just don't care anymore. We may feel that, but I tell you, Jesus cares. You know? Somebody needs to be heard. You just want to be heard. The problem is everybody is talking and nobody is listening. Right? Everybody is talking, nobody is listening. But Jesus listens and he cares. Jesus listens and he cares. And we got to tell our young people that. That there's somebody that will listen to them. That there's somebody that cares for them. We have to say that. But if we are so absorbed with our own life, with our own problems, then we are not conscious and aware of what's happening in our own kids' life. What experiences they are going through. This difficult time that they are maneuvering. So what do we do? Hi, what do we do? Why should... Why you should do everything to experience Him in your everyday life? Right? See, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and being tempted for 40 days by the devil. I want to talk about here. Very important principle here, why we need to experience Jesus every day and what benefit it is for you and I. One, look here. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the first thing. If you have to experience Christ in your life, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus experienced God every day. And for me, Jesus lived a well-balanced life. He, li- he led the most meaningful life. We all want to live a meaningful, purposeful life, a life that is real. In order to do that, we need to experience Christ every day, just as Jesus experienced God every day in his life. How did he do it? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? You can be filled with the Holy Spirit when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you hear that, right? This is not something out of reach for all of us, okay? You can be filled with the supernatural power of God when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, we don't have to write a comic to feel yourself good with all the superheroes in your life. I tell you this morning, you can have a supernatural power in your life. It's within your reach when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the first thing. So, filled, right? The word filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? Plero. It means you're covered. You're full of it. You're complete. That's the meaning. I've been thinking about, um, I've been having conversation with God and praying. And what does it look like, this being filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, how do you feel? How do I know? It's a relationship, everyday relationship. That you can get to hear from Him as you tune in to Him. As you tune out the voice of the world, you can tune in the voice of God and you can hear. So I've been having conversation with God and saying, um, you know, God, maybe I should act more like a man, matured man in our relationship, okay? Because my relationship with God is like father and son. I go to him like a little kid. And this year I was thinking, no, maybe I should grow up. You know, I'm going to be 50 years old. I can't behave like a little kid going to the father. Maybe God wants to grow and I've been struggling with this, uh, with God and, and praying. And uh, this month, I went to a, a conference called Exponential, right, uh, with some of our staff. And we went there, and on the second or th- the second day, probably, one of the speakers, uh, we, we happened to meet, and he prayed for me. And... Among the other things that he said as he was praying, he was very prophetic. He, he said, uh, by the way, you should go to the Father just as a kid goes. You should go to God just as a kid goes to his Father. That's how you should do it. I'm like, hmm. See, you know what I've been struggling? I should become a man. I should have this manly, manly relationship with God. And then it was like God telling me, you know, Come to me like a little kid. That relationship is good. Right? So when you experience God every day in your life, when you experience Jesus every day in your life, then he speaks to you in ways you can understand in your daily life. The things that you have been stewing and praying about, he gives you answer. For me, it was just come to me like a kid that comes to the father. I will be your father. And that voice came through a stranger whom I have never met. And God used him to say, uh, the things that you are thinking about, I'm listening to you. Uh, Are you getting it? See, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is also very important because um, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he took him into the wilderness, right? Why? Because you will be tempted, okay? You will be tempted by Satan to further his interest. 
Okay, the, and how will that come? It will come by tempting for you to further your own selfish interest. Okay, that's how the temptation will come. The, Satan will tempt you to further take care of your own selfish interest. And you will not be able to disregard this temptation of taking your own selfish interest when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're able to disregard the temptation of Satan to further his interest because he is the helper. He helps you. He helps you every day. To what kind of color of socks should I wear? To where, where should I invest all this money that I have? He will help you with everything. Church, you can experience Jesus in your everyday life when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Right? Look at the word. The next word is uh, led by the Holy Spirit. The led is, uh, in Greek, is algo, right? Um, now, the meaning, this one, the meaning of algo led is ever since. It's very different, isn't it? Ever since that is being led. So, for example, uh, we were having our pre-Thanksgiving dinner in our house, and you remember one of the uh, uh, Chinese uh, engineer. Uh, he was kind of an atheist that we we, we baptized him. You remember that? Uh, so he kind of came late, and we turned. To, I turned to him and said, "Hey, what's happening in your life, brother?" And he started with the word, "Ever since I believe in Jesus." That's how he started. See? Being led by the Spirit. Led continually every day. Ever since I believe in Jesus, I've been working out. I've been getting up early in the morning and running in the park. Ever since I believe in Jesus, I have more energy and stamina. I just feel good. For I don't know why, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about myself. Ever since I believe in Jesus, I got a job now. You know? I'm taking care of my daughters. I have this lots of energy that I can't explain ever since I believe in Jesus. That is being led by the Spirit. Are you hearing me, church? So then, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you will be led by the Spirit. Continually help you not to fall into temptation. You will be led. You'll be separated to do the kingdom work. So this supernatural power that comes from God, that dwells within you, fills you and leads you to the place that is good for you. That is beneficial for you. And you will say, oh, ever since. Ever since I met him, my life has been good. Ever since I met him, I can say it is well with my soul, even if I have a cancer. Ever since, I can rely on Him. So what, what, did he, what, did he, what did God do? What did the Spirit do? Feel, led, what? To pray. You can experience Jesus in prayer. That's the most wonderful thing you can do. You can experience Jesus when you pray. This prayer is a place... That brings you to the feet of God, to the throne room of God, where you can feel the heartbeat, embrace, and love of God. Right? 
And Jesus went to pray for 40 days. He fasted and prayed for 40 days. And what happens when you pray? Oh, let's talk about what, what happens when you don't pray, okay? There are a lot of things that happens when you pray, but there are many things that happens when you don't pray. When you don't pray, you worry more, okay? What happens when you don't pray? More anxiety. What happens when you don't pray? More confusion. What happens when you don't pray? You fall, you fail, you're bitter, angry, unforgiveness. All these negative things happens when you don't pray. Okay? What happens when you pray? It takes you to the river. It takes you to the water. You're like a tree planted by the water. It takes you to the green pasture where you can lie on the green pasture, tree by the river, bear fruit. And remind you of the word of God that you are loved, you are special, you are created in the image of God. And these words, you meditate on it. So when Satan comes to you and say, turn these stones into bread, you are able to say, but it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When did that happen? When will that happen? When you pray, you experience Jesus and the power of the word of God takes over and you lead a victorious life it doesn't mean that there is no trouble in your life it means that in the storm in the midst of the trouble you can experience peace you can have clarity of where you are going and where god wants you to go how does this when does this happen it happens when you pray and experience jesus pray like jesus Pray like Jesus so you can live like Jesus. One of the things Jesus never did when he prayed. Do you know that? Do you know what Jesus did not pray at all when he was here on earth? Jesus did not pray for tomorrow. He did not pray for tomorrow. Today is sufficient for itself. He said, you take care of today. You live day by day. You follow me today. You seek after my kingdom, you seek after my righteousness and see what will follow. He never said, pray for tomorrow. Even God says to Israelites, do not collect food for Sabbath. I will take care of it. But people still go out and collect extra. And what happens to the food? It was rotten. They can't eat. You see, we want to do things for God. We want to add upon God's work. It's like it's not enough. What God says is not enough in my life. It's enough. If Jesus is everything in your life, then you will do everything to experience him in your everyday life. He experienced God in his everyday life. So what did Jesus do? When we talk about being led, ever since I met Jesus, I pray. He prayed spontaneous prayers. Right? He prayed spontaneous prayers. When people are in need, he immediately pray. And one of the prayers that he prays is a prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude. When the disciples came, the 70 disciples came and said, even the demons are subjected to us. What did Christ do? There was rejoicing in his spirit. And he gave thanks to God that the disciples were doing the Father's will. And how grateful are we today? 
is our life's flowing gratitude? Or are we worrying? Are we anxious for tomorrow? If we are worried, sick about tomorrow, we can't experience today. We can't live today. Jesus prayed in Psalms when they had sing, sang the hymns, right? Mark 14, the disciples before his betrayal, what were they doing? They sang hymns. It means they were reciting the hymns, reciting Psalms, the prayer of the Psalms. Jesus prayed in sorrow. Jesus prayed in joy. Jesus prayed in solitude. Jesus prayed in suffering. Jesus prayed in joy. Jesus prayed that he sweated like blood. Have you prayed and sweated? When you sweat, it is sweet. When you sweat with God, it is sweet. It is a sweet thing. This is the sweetest moment of prayer that we sang in the hymn. Sweet hour of prayer. You can experience the sweet hour of prayer in your life when you sweat for God. The next thing is, so, filled with the Holy Spirit, right? It's like uh, uh, my uh, brother, Greg. Uh, he bought a new, he bought a Pete's coffee from Costco uh, because I like coffee, you know. And he brought in and said, hey, brother, you brought that, you know, how much do I owe? Oh, I've got you covered, right? I've got you covered. It's a beautiful thing when the Holy Spirit's got you covered. See? He make you taste good things in your life. He got, he's got you covered. And ever since he's been covering me, he's been telling me, no, it's okay to come to me like a kid. See? Isn't it beautiful? We should have it. You should have it. Have relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's there for you. He's there for you. So he's led, filled. And then the word of God says here, he, um, he returned in power. Right? So he was filled and led and he prayed and fasted for 40 days. And then when he returned, he returned in what? In power of what? Of the Holy Spirit. See? Oh my, this is... So even Christ was filled in the beginning with the Spirit, led to a good place, and then when He came, He returned in power. This is the power we're talking about that lives within us. This is the supernatural power that lives within us, okay? This is not a makeup story. I'm telling you, you believe in the Son of God, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the supernatural power. That much I want you to believe this morning. Say, I have it. Yes, I heard you. You have it. It's the truth. It's the Word of God. Jesus did everything with the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing that Jesus did here on earth, he did it without prayer. Every significant major event that happened in Jesus' life, it happened after his prayer. And the Holy Spirit shows up, right? Powerful stuff, powerful stuff. So, three things happened. When he came back in power to where? To Galilee, right? Luke chapter 4, 
verse 18 and 19, right? He, uh, uh, no, 14 and 15. He came back to Galilee in power, and then his name was known throughout. Then he went, in verse 15, he went to synagogue and taught in every synagogue, and his name spread. Okay? So three significant things happened. The power, he came back to Galilee. His name, his fame spread. And then he went to the synagogue to teach. Okay? So, what for you? When you have the power of the Holy Spirit, what do you do with it? Where is your Galilee? It means you impact where you are. You make an impact where you are. That's your Galilee. And to spread whose name? Not your name. I say, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I can do great things. Look at me. I'm super religious. I have this supernatural power. I'm super cool. Come follow me. Come listen to me. Look at me. You know, follow my lifestyle. No. You spread the name of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit is to spread the name of Jesus. And the third thing, to teach. Teach in the synagogue. So there, you're not in the synagogue. Teach at, teach at Yahoo, Google, Apple. Kaiser, Sutter, Good Samaritan, schools, elementary school, public school, in your own business, people that you're in contact with every day. You teach about God. So the power of the Holy Spirit is given to spread the name of Jesus, to teach what he had taught you, where you are. Are we clear on that? Yes. So... And you may say, how do I do these things? How do I do these things? This is where I want to say, do these things to experience Jesus in your everyday life, right? Here, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to do what? To proclaim the good news to the poor. When you proclaim to the good news to the poor, you experience Christ. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there shall be Theirs will be the kingdom of God. You will experience the kingdom of God when you proclaim the good news to the poor. Right? The second one is um, heal the brokenhearted. In Psalms it says, I can heal the brokenhearted and bind up the wounds. That's a beautiful picture. It means there is no gash anymore. He can bind it, mend it, heal it. It's not a bandage. It's not just a remedy. No, He is the solution. He can heal. Heal the brokenhearted. And proclaim liberty to the captives. Those who through the fear of death became slaves to sin. Tell them that they can be free from the bondage of sin. And guide the blind from darkness to light. And tell the oppressed that Jesus has come to free them from the dominance of Satan. We can experience Christ. So let's round it up. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. So we as God's people... There are a lot of you sitting here. I just 
make an example of one person. So a person has been given the news that he has cancer. He will be doing something more. Young people are experiencing their friends taking their own life. People out there are lonely. They needed somebody to tell them that we care for you, we love you. Okay? And there, some of you are so stressed with work. So stressed with work that you don't have time for your family. You don't have time to read the Bible. You don't have time to pray. It was like my wife and I uh, at our house quickly praying for one of our members who was in tears to say, I'm so stressed, Pastor, with work. The demand is so much. I Probably I need to change the job. When all these real lives are happening, if you are experiencing Christ in your everyday life, you can give hope to them. You can give hope to your friends. And there is nothing, one of the most special things you can give to somebody is hope. When you give hope to someone, it's priceless. Let's be people of hope. Let's be people that spread love and care. In order to do that, we have to experience Christ every day. And how you do that? You experience Christ every day by prayer. Go into deeper relationship with God through prayer. Know the Word of God so you can say, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And when Satan wants wants you to worship him, you will say, No, God says, worship God alone and serve Him alone. Can we be on our feet? Right? Can we be on our feet? And this is the picture that I want you to see. I know that worship is very inspiring. It's about song sometimes. uh, But worship is a battle. Did you know that? Right? If there are about 200 people here, if every Sunday, every week, we come here and we storm the gates of hell, what would that look like? Just imagine every worship and worship is a weapon revelation you read about it worship is the most powerful weapon so when we worship it's not just about wonderful was he was he feeling it's more than that it's a warfare it's a battle you are battling satan in worship so if every sunday we battle the evil ones and bring down stronghold 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 that you have a weapon that brings down a stronghold when will that happen? in our worship in our worship it's a battle it's a battle against darkness and people of God that have supernatural power this morning I want you to do battle for the kingdom of God that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church right? Amen